the views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM. The call number here is 527-114-719-1490. 527-119-1490. And you can join us. It's open line Saturday like it always is. This portion of the show is brought to you by Spectrum Ina Road Auto Collision, 4425 West Ina Road. They're behind Jiffy Lube and the car wash. Phone number is 520-744-4454. 520-744-4454. Anything that has to do with your body, uh, paint, paint, paint and body, even the even the headlights can be cleaned off. Anything that you have to do or any questions that you may have on taking care of your car and your exterior, uh, call Spectrum Inner Road Auto Collision. Remember that when you're having a, a fender bender, hopefully you don't, but it's going to happen the way everybody's driving. Crap happens. And just remember, 520-744-4454. To get that thing fixed and fixed right and the paint match like it's supposed to, they do an excellent job over there. Also, if you're a weekend warrior, Merle's Auto Machine Shop. Merle's Auto Machine Shop is located at 15 West Ajo. And the phone number is 520-807-4010. So if you're working your brakes, you're doing a clutch job, they turn rotors, flywheels, and drums. Get you good parts before you go in there with a clutch job. Make sure you got a quality clutch package you're putting in there. On the rotors and drums, you can have them turned. You're going to have them off. You can take them in if you don't have the little things like we have at Simmons. You can take them in and get them done on a Saturday, and there, therefore you won't be having a vehicle sitting there on Monday and Tuesday waiting to get all the machine shop work done. 520-807-4010, Merle's Auto Machine Shop Service, 15 West Ajo. All right. Now, Jim, are you still with me? I'm still here, Jim. I'm Jerry. I'm, 
I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, and Jim Mooney is my co-host from Frontier Towing. <laughs> I'll, rem- I'll get all this stuff put together in one bag before the show's over. You're doing it. All right, go ahead, Jim. You're you're assembling. You're assembling it like a like a like a master. You you put it all together. Keep people guessing. Well, that's perfect. Don't forget about uh, uh, Simmons Automotive, uh, Parker Automotive, and uh, Automotive Service Center up on Ina Road. On top of those guys, when you're just when you think you're, you think you got it all put together, and and that last minute comes, you know. Something goes wrong. Give them a call. Hey, I'm pretty sure they can help you. Guys I'll give out. you a little secret. Most of these three shops run about a week and a half to two weeks behind. That's how much that's the business coming in. That the fact we're we've been around Tucson so long that uh, we they stay full. Brian Fuller. I talked to Brian at Automotive Specialist. Uh, he's got an excellent shop on the west side of Tucson. Uh, Brian's shop is located at 3611 West Ina Road. Believe it or not, it's just up the street from uh, Specter Minor Road uh, Auto Collision Center. And his business phone is 520-572-1734. Brian's cell number is 520-237-3834. 52. That's Mr. Test first, don't guess, and boy, does he mean it. But he is, he's actually working today, too, to try to get some kind of resemblance of getting the stuff out as promised. Automotive Specialist AZ.com. Automotive Specialist AZ.com. And we'll cover Parker Automotive later on in the show. But Excellent shops. If these guys are advertising on the Simmons Car Care Show, you can bet your life they've already been through the gauntlet trying to get in to advertise because I know who's going to get a phone call if they don't treat their clients and do the jobs right. And if they, if you have a problem with something that they've done on there, before you call me, call them because evidently you haven't talked to them or there's something weird going on with your car. Uh, I mentioned the diesel the diesel with the intermittent start problem. Intermittent starts, intermittent problems with a vehicle is the number one problem in the world right now with these cars because it's all electronics. There is no snap your fingers and fit them. You have to go in, hook up a bunch of fancy equipment to it. You have to read all the codes, and it's not just a code reader. A code reader will give you a start place. That's it. Brian Fuller will tell you, you can get a code on an O2 sensor, and there's 21 possible problems to set that code, and it's probably not the O2 sensor. So that's the reason he says, test first, don't guess. So that's one thing to live by. Um, all right, where were we, Jim? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you got it just about covered there, Jerry. Remember, it's still Super Safe All Saturday, right. and uh, that means yep. uh, slow down, move over. If you're going to go out today, and it's cold out there, folks, ice on the windshield, if you're going to go out there and work on your car in about three hours when it warms up to 40, uh, <laughs> jack stand, uh, wheel chocks, disconnect your battery and hood props, safety glasses if you're working with the, with the brakes and stuff. That's and right. Remember, it's cold. If you're doing it, that's cold. 
How about your little special you got going? My special. All right, special for if you're for from now till uh, the end of January for whoever call, call calling in. Um, if you, I'll give you a free tow for your up to ten miles. If you get broke down, if you're too drunk to drive home after Christmas, and you realize that that you and and Jack Daniels needed to be friends because the, because the Christmas event was too much, and you're you're someplace where you can't make it home. Call me; I'll get you taken care of. I don't. I'd rather pick you up than at the bar then pick you up on the road. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you something. The, 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 I don't want to belabor, labor this too much because um, it's a holiday season, but a DUI or a texting driving incident where somebody gets seriously hurt or killed is a complete life-changing event. Now, I know this is really hard to say, and we see it on the TV all the time, and people just bypass it, like the car alarm that Jerry talks about. Going off, you know, people don't even ignore it anymore. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get on that road and there are no exits and you're going to go down this path, it's a complete life-changing event. Your world is going to be turned upside down. You're going to be your your personal life is going to be destroyed. Your financial life is going to be destroyed. Um, everything about what you think is important has completely went out the window, and you have a whole new perspective on life. Uh, it, is, it is so, so costly. Um, you can't imagine how really, really bad it is. Um, so that's why I say, for even a texting, if you text and drive and some and somebody gets seriously injured while you're texting and driving, the world the world that you're going to experience is something so foreign to you, you have no idea what's going to take place. And that being said, the people that are going to help you through that process are very experienced at it, and they are going to run you through the ringer. And they're highly experienced, and they are very knowledgeable about the path that you're going to travel, that you're completely un that's completely foreign to you and you they're going to lead you down this road and take you down this path and it's going to wind up in a in in such a bad place that you I can't explain it I really really can't explain it so um and it can happen in a blink of an eye you think it won't happen you think you're you're above it you think you're immune to it but it's a numbers game eventually your number will pop up i only know because i see it on a daily basis and I wish I didn't have to see it on a daily basis. That's why I save this stuff. And right now, it's on every news channel, every Facebook ad, every Twitter ad. You know, don't drink and drive, don't text and drive, slow down, move over. It's it's a very simple thing, but it can be so detrimental to your life. And I feel very strongly about it because I see it on a daily basis. So, <clears throat> if you're too drunk to drive wow. home, call me. I'll come get you. That's my spiel, Jerry. Good. Thank you. Very well put. Very well put. And remember, driving impaired means um, driving impaired. Whatever you're doing outside of driving that vehicle, if you're tired, you're impaired. Your reaction time is going to slow down. Yeah, you don't have that split-second decision-making process. So remember, when you're tired, and I still recommend when you're driving on vacation, let's say you go 
you go from here to L.A. That's about 500 miles. Every two hours, change drivers. Change drivers. Oh, I'm not tired. I can drive to L.A. No problem. No. By the time you get to L.A., your reaction time, whether you believe it or not, has already slowed down to the point to where it could mean the difference between a crash or something just or you run off the road and crash. Uh, it is distractive driving, so please remember that when you're driving vacation. I know you guys out there, yeah, I can drive 750 miles a day. Okay, sure you can. You know, you drive about, eh, 300 miles, and then the car drives the rest of the way. And by the time you get ready to hit the brake, it's too late. So just be aware of the fatigued driving be very aware of it, especially coming home from vacation, especially coming home because you've been wound up, you've been visiting, you've been having a wonderful time with your family, and you haven't slept but about six hours total since you've been there for four days. And these these things are real. It's something that we don't actually think about until something happens, and then you go, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Well, let's try not to have one of those oh-my-gosh things, okay? Uh, in, uh, when, what happens when you have a crash? Make sure you've got your insurance papers and a, the little insurance card that they give us. Make sure you if they give you two. They give you one stick in your car. They give you the other one stick in your billfold. And so you'll have your insurance papers on. Normally, I know with state farm carrier. They have a little check sheet that said, if you're in an accident, this is what you do. Check with your insurance company if you don't have one of those and say, hey, can you send me your little check sheet in case of accident? They'll be happy to. They'll be happy to send you that. And then you won't be sitting around because I'm going to tell you from having crashes that when this happens, your brain's not going to function normally like you think. It's going to be running on adrenaline. Okay, is anybody hurt? Okay, who to call to get it towed? That's the reason I tell you on Frontier Towing, write the number down. Write it down, put it on a big piece of paper so you can find it quick. Put it in your dash. We don't care if it's an ugly piece of paper as long as you've got a phone number on it. Do the same thing with your insurance company. And then pre-pick a body shop like Spectre Minor Road Auto Collision. Pre-pick it. Write the phone number down. Put it on that piece of paper. It's it's like an emergency check sheet of who to call. It's like when I leave on vacation, I have to write down my veterinarian's number. Uh, this is who you call for backup in Tucson because I'm not going to be here. And I I give it, and it turns out to be an almost full page by the time I get through writing it down. However, when my neighbor gets it, and I put it on the tack room down at the barn, and that. They know where it's located because I call them and tell them it's going to be down here. And it's a check sheet. It keeps down the mass confusion when you leave. If you want your house checked, if you're going to be gone a couple of weeks and you want your house checked, get your neighbor, but make sure your neighbor has the phone number where he can reach you. Make sure you've got a backup neighbor. Make sure you can get a hold of somebody else in the event you can't get a hold of your neighbor when you call back in. So if you'll do that, that's proper planning. That'll save you from a lot of grief. 
Hopefully, you never have to use it. However, I've had to use mine when I was back on the East Coast, and I had a horse go down, and then I had large animal technical rescue, had my buddy listed on that thing. They called him. He took care of the problem. He didn't even tell me about it until I got back. And But that's the advantage of having it all written down so that everybody knows that, okay, I'm out of town. I will not put I'm out of town on a Facebook. I will not put that. I'm telling too many people that don't need to know it that I'm actually not at home. So don't put I'm leaving on vacation today or two weeks on Facebook. Don't do it. Now, the federal government right now is monitoring everything that everybody does, my understanding, by a bill that was just, well, it's passed a little while ago. But it comes to the forefront on the news yesterday, so the federal government knows what you're doing. But I don't think that they give a crap if your house got broke into or if your horse is down or anything like that. They're more interested in, I don't know what they're interested in. But... um just make sure you got your check sheet there where people can find it when you go on vacation. It takes a little bit of time, but trust me, it will work. It will work. So, I mean, even Search and Rescue has a protocol that we have that we follow. And without that protocol, there would be a lot of people out there that wouldn't be found when they were, when we do find them. Uh, they wouldn't be found when they have an accident uh, out on trail. And have to have search and rescue come in and get them or, or a helicopter or something like that. They, without the protocol that we have set up, we would have no way of knowing. We'd have no way of responding. So it's something that for emergencies, and that's what search and rescue is, is for emergencies. And all of that stuff is covered by protocol, phone numbers, paging calls, radios, Yada yada, and it goes on and on and on. So, and the way I look at it, if that wasn't important to cover an emergency, what about the emergency that you have when you get out in harm's way, i.e., sitting there on the side of the road changing a flat tire because, and then find out your tire's flat, the spare's flat. That is an emergency. You need to get your butt off the freeway. So, just a little pre check, vacation check. If you sit there and you think, oh, I need to check my car. Hey, if you're sitting there watching TV and you see an ad about a car insurance and you say, oh, I got to check my car to make it okay, make sure it's okay. Sit there and make yourself a little check sheet. I have given you enough information on this show to where if you just check what I tell you to check, you'll be way ahead of the game because you look at your car every day. I don't. But if you'll raise the hood, take a look and start looking for your little things like, why is there water there? Because it's a closed system. I, know, I don't have any leaks. Why should I have water right there? It's, I didn't leave it out in the rain with the hood open. So that'll make you question it. If you just start questioning your vehicle on why, you, you, you want to know why I have the water leak. You want to know why I have buildup on the battery. You want to look at your uh, tire data. And see if you've got that DOT, little round circle, that gives you four numbers in it. The first two is going to be the week of the year. The second two is the year. 
and that's when these tires were made. You get something around five years, four years, five years, six years, uh, it's time to start looking a little closer to tires. Because in Arizona, the UVs make tires crack. They make the sidewalls harder than a son of a gun. They they suck all the elasticity out of them, well, sim- simplicity. And then you see the cracks between between the treads of the car. That's not a good sign. That says, oh, and by the way, when the road temperature climbs and the because the tires on the road and revolutions build up tire pressure, and now is those tra- is those little cracks in that tire going to expand or contract? They're going to expand. How far will they expand before they release? That's a question you have to ask yourself. So don't gamble with tires that run six and seven years on the date. Go to the date. It's on every tire. And read it. If you can't read it on one tire, go to the other one. And when you buy tires and you have an all-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive that's all-time and you think you're going to have to lock them in or you've got to buy tires, make sure the tires are the exact same circumference, make sure they're the same brand, make sure that they are a matched set. And, yeah, that's that's kind of like when diesels go out with the batteries. You buy two. You don't buy one. And then you'll stay out of trouble. Putting a little donut tire on the back end of a Blazer and driving it from Yuma, I mean, not Yuma, Casa Grande, to Tucson with a Positrack rear end, and you put it on the back Guess what you get to do when you get to Tucson if it makes it that far? You're going to be replacing a differential because it'll smoke that rear end and blow your positive track up. If you have a low tire, you've got one tire on the back end of a Ford before. You've got a positive track rear end or differential. And you have one tire that's sitting there at 45 to 50 pounds or 50 pounds, mostly 50 to 70 on the back. And then you have the other side, and it's running about 18 and 19 PSI. And all of a sudden, the differential says, oh, I got a difference in wheel speed here, so I need to lock in. And it starts locking in, and you start dragging that third member down the road. You're going to, if it don't blow up immediately, it will blow up probably before you even realize that you've got that big of a problem with it. So just remember, if you've got a, a positive track rear end or a locking rear end, uh, you're not going to get away with one tire at 15 pounds and the other one at 65 or 70 or 55. It will do damage to the differential, and it'll do it in short order. Uh, I can go on and on about the tires and uh, damages that we've seen between me and automotive specialists and Parker. And, I mean, this stuff, this is real. And this is just information for you to put up in your widow head so that when you see a low tire and you inspect your tires, when you're on vacation, you pull in to get gas, you walk around your car and you look at it. And you make sure your tires are up. That's assuming, now I said assuming, that you did check your spare tire. And if your spare tire was out of air when you checked it, it, it it may be just a little plus in your head if you go ahead and put a gauge, which you're going to have, 
uh, on your spare tire when you pull in 500 miles out and check your spare tire to make sure that you do have air in that spare because when you put it on and you back to 10 pounds of air in a tire that's supposed to be 35, you've got a problem, Houston, and that's not going to work out very well for you. So these are just some of the things that I have experienced, things that I have seen, things that I know will run a perfectly good vacation because you're not going to be happy. Your significant other is not going to be happy. If you got kids in the car, it's going to be another stress factor. you got to remember, if you get them out on the freeway, get them out of the car, get them out of harm's way, put them on the other side of the guardrail, or get them back about 25 to 50 foot away from the vehicle, behind the vehicle. Don't put them any because if somebody crashes into your vehicle, they're going to shoot it to the front and over to the right most of the time. There is no rule of thumb on which way these vehicles are going to go when you get rear-ended on a freeway. There is no, it's like NASCAR. If you hit him on the left side, he's going to take a spin. If you hit him on the right side, he's going to spin to the right. And you don't know how well that vehicle is going to hit that car, which most of the time is on the left side because you're off the side of the road and they're not paying attention. So they're going to hit you on that left side. That car is going to go to the right. So you don't need anybody across the fence on the right-hand side out in front of that vehicle. So that's just a little word to the wise. And kids don't know it, so you got to make sure they're told to stay where you put them on the other side so that you can take care of business with the car. And you're going to be in harm's way anyway while you're trying to change that tire. So, and it's not fun. I've been there. I've blown trailer tires. I've blown truck tires. I've blown dually tires uh, on the freeway side. And it's just not fun. And you've got to be prepared to handle it. You need to make sure you got lug wrenches. You may need to make sure you got jacks and you know where the jack points are. And you need to actually practice changing a tire. I mean, uh, AAA is good. Yeah, okay, I blew a tire 500 miles away. And I'm about 110 miles from my closest city. Uh, how is AAA going to help me now? How much time am I going to spend on the side of the road before I get help there? These are the questions you need to be asking yourself before it happens. And then you won't feel quite so ignorant, meaning lack of knowledge, when you do run across this, you'll have everything covered. Make your check sheet. I don't care. Make your check sheet. Call your insurance agent. Get a check sheet on what happens if you have an accident. Pay attention to road signs when you're traveling. Pay attention to the milepost 52, the milepost 302. <coughs> so if you have to call Frontier Towing at 527.8100, at least Jim can find you. So, you got yeah, anything you want to add to that, true. Jim? That's very true. The the gentleman that called in was I don't know if anybody caught it, but it was in he was in Lordsburg, New Mexico. It's 150 miles away. So, when when it's very important for you to tell me, "Oh, I'm at milepost 20 in New Mexico." That's a big that's a huge difference for us, guys. <laughs> um also um Jerry Jerry is going over this um you know, if you open the hood and you and you look real quick and you and you do a cursory look and checking your belts and hoses, and it looks bad, it's probably not worth going. Now, if you look, open the hood and, and the belt looks bad, 
it's not going to get better when you drive it. It's not going to be okay. It's a bad gamble. Don't think that, oh, it'll be okay if I have a water leak and I can go 200 miles. Oh, it's okay if the belt looks mm. bad and I can go to It's not. It's not going to. I mean, it's good for me because you're going to call me and go, hey, I, I noticed the belt was bad, but I took a chance on it anyways and I broke down. See, that's good for me. And my goal in this show is to tell you that's a bad decision. It's okay if you break down, but let's try to not have you break down this weekend or next weekend. Let's just try to make sure you don't do that so I don't have to come get you. I'm happy to do so. But if we can not have you do that, your life will be much happier. You will be much, much happier. So if you open the hood and notice there's an oil leak or a leaking power steering line or, you know, coolant or even, you know, washer fluid running out of, the, out of your bottle, yeah, those are, those are bad signs. Stop. The tires look flat. They're not going to get better driving. You need to fix it before you go. Or you can call me. Your choice. And That's right. I'll come get you. That's right. So, but let's 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 fix it before you go out there. It doesn't get better by driving. Oh, it'll be okay later. No, it won't. It will not get. It does not get better. <laughs> Jerry and I can attest yeah. to this from the from the many years of doing oh. it. It just does not get better. So, <clears throat> we're just trying to keep you safe, people. Just trying to keep you safe. Oh, we got uh, George is still on the phone. I hope uh, is George still there. No, sir. George is not there. He hung up. Okay. Well, George, you can we call back anytime here. you want to. We'll see if we can't get to you just a little bit quicker on this one, bud. Uh, 527-19-1490. 527-19-1490. And we'll see if we can't get you back on quicker than I was able to get back to George. Uh, on the uh, electric vehicles... Electric vehicles. I've been reading a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook before my Facebook went down two days ago. And they were a lot of complaints coming in on electric vehicles in the cold, miserable weather that they're having up in Bismarck, Dakota, Duluth, Minnesota, uh, Wyoming, and all of that. And people with electric cars. There were over, I think, 100,000 or 200 electric vehicles sold in 22. And now the cold weather, I know cold weather's a player. You know cold weather's a player. Well, it's a player, and people are very unhappy about the mileage that they're getting uh, up in these colder countries. So make sure that you understand how these vehicles work and what cold weather and how cold weather affects the battery life in these. I mean, it's devastating. And when that thing quits in the middle of nowhere and you pull into a, a service station or you pull into a, a plug-in, good for you. But don't assume. Watch your monitors on your electric vehicles very close. If that thing is going down quick, you're driving it. It's your car. You're the ones that's going to have to say, oh, well, those rotten manufacturers, they didn't tell me about this. That is not the time to get mad at the people because it's history and you can't change history. You pay attention to your monitors. They're real good on these cars and follow it and say, wow, I'm going to be 150 miles short. Find a charge station now and get that thing up. 
It's just like when you're driving across country and you're driving a car, gas burner. You think, okay, well, I've got, I got a couple of hundred miles to this station and I'm down to about a quarter of a tank. I, I, I should be able to get it. Oh, yeah? There's a service station probably closer to you. The next time you pull into it, you feel that son of a gun back up. Because if you get to that point that you think, okay, there's supposed to be another service station here, you get there, they're out of gas. Their electric is out because of increment weather. Don't run that tank below a quarter of a tank anywhere. If you're out traveling, you say it's a quarter of a tank, pull over and get it filled. Pull over, keep it up there, keep it up. Get down to a quarter of a tank. You normally have about, depending on what vehicle you drive, you probably have as much as seven gallons left. Well, and you're doing a calculation. The trip says I'm getting 30 miles per gallon. Okay, good for you. 7321. So you got, uh, 210 miles left, you think, fill it up. It's not worth the gamble. And I know we, we, we like to get gas for cheap when we're out traveling. That's probably not going to happen too much because anything off the side of the freeway is normally a little more expensive. But it's a safety issue. It's a safety issue. It allows the car to have at least fuel in it. And that's the same way with an electric car. Electricity is the fuel for an electric car. So when you fill it up, it's supposed to go. Yeah, they say it'll go 150 miles. Well, you're getting 30 miles per gallon on a gas burner. Will it really get 30 miles per gallon? If it's start and stop, you get hung up in a big traffic stop or something like that. So always think ahead. Okay, what happens if? What happens if? What happens if? Write that down. It'll keep you out of trouble on a lot of stuff. Um, okay, what else do we want to cover on that, Jim? Um, the the uh, the gas is a really really good thing, folks. I know you may think it's a dollar a gallon more, but just think of it this way: if you put in 20 gallons and it costs you $20 extra. I, I don't know anybody that won't pay $20 not to be sitting on the side of the road. It's the cheapest money you can get. And the electric is the same yeah, way. That's, on, that's, that's I, only I about four cups crazy. of coffee. That's four cups of coffee. It's two Starbucks. <laughs> it's not even two Starbucks, you know. So, And you're gonna if you're sitting on the side of the road, you're going to be wishing you had a Starbucks. Uh, the electric thing, yeah, that's... Uh, Man, the the cold, the there's the issues that come up with electrics today are are so unforeseen, and the 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 way cold affects battery performance is even in lithiums, they'll tell you that they're great, but folks, they, cold weather has has a really detrimental effect on on battery life, battery performance. So, if like Jerry said, if you think you're you know, getting close, you know, you don't, it's not like you can carry a gallon of electricity to the car. You're going to, your options are plug in and get it charged or to, car call me and I'll tell you to the charging station. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. We tow cars that have ran out of electricity to charging stations every single day. Okay, every day we tow cars that, that ran out of electricity to charging stations or to the service centers. 
okay? I know this happens. I see it all the time. And it becomes more and more prevalent as there becomes more and more cars. So, one, right. be, make sure that you have a place. Do you know where you're going to go? Two, be prepared to wait because, you know what, everybody else has got the same idea. So you're going to wait in line at the charging station. You know, it's not like it's going to be two minutes and then you can uh, fill up your car. It's 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And at cold weather, it goes slower. I know electrons move slower at, at cold. It's just the way they work. So it's going to take a little longer. So be prepared for that. If you are if you haven't given yourself enough time to, to take that into account, well, guess again, you need to take some more time. You're going to take the time. It doesn't matter whether you think you have the time to take. If, if you think you're going to be late for an appointment and you're running out of, out of a, charge, a vehicle that needs to be charged up, it doesn't care that you're late. It's going to take the amount of time it takes to charge it up. And there's nothing you can do about it. So if you're going to be late, you're going to be late. It's, it's okay. Late is better than dead. Just saying, late is better than being stranded on the road. So I know that late might be, a, might be this huge issue, but it, it'll be okay. Trust me. Being late is a lot better than being a lot of other things. So just be prepared when, you, when you're doing electric cars. Not so bad here in Tucson, even though it's cold. Um, but in the north, it, you know, if you live in Missouri where it's 12 degrees from now till you know, April, because that's where they live, and they love living that weather. They love that cold weather. Not sure why. They love it, you know, the, anywhere in the northeast. Um, get used to it. it you're, it's, a new, it's a new change in life. That's how, you're gonna, that's how your day is going to progress. So, okay. That's what you got. That's, what, that's how you're going to deal with it. So. I just say that because it's it's you think you can rush things and there are certain things you cannot rush. Physics has a certain method to it and you cannot make it go faster than it's going to go. So, right. Other than that, that's what I I got to say on that, Jerry. Well, I, I think that's excellent. I mean, you see it every day. Uh, me, I know that electric cars are being really hyped up on the line. They're trying to tell us all how great they are and stuff like that. And, you know, and how much gas you're going to save. And, by the way, if you're heating your vehicle in the northwest or wherever you're heating and you're using fuel, uh, it's going to cost you 27% extra this winter. And if you're using electric, it's going to cost you 20 20, almost 21% more. And that's because everything is going up. Uh, it, of course, wintertime we expect it with the electric heat and stuff. You're going to have a bigger bill because you run your heater. In the summertime, you know, you're running your air conditioning. So you got your heater cranked up and it's electric. You got it cranked up to 78 degrees because you want it nice and warm in your house. Get ready. You're going to pay a lot more money. And then if you had 68 degrees, you know, I keep mine at 68 degrees, and I've got dual systems. And so mine is not as bad as what I remember in my previous home that I had. And it's just uh, it's the way it is. So uh, I don't know how in the world people can afford to pay 27% more in a fuel bill, and that's just an estimate. They, they calculated out and said, okay, this is what you're going to be paying. Uh, it depends on what kind of system you have. It depends on what the thermostat is set at. Uh, some of the people are going to pay a lot more than that. 
and I want to wish them all the good luck in the world with this stuff. But electric vehicle, I will say, I like them. I am not opposed to electric vehicle. Uh, I own a diesel. I've owned a diesel since diesel wasn't really that popular, where you couldn't even find a gas station to fill up a diesel unless you went out to the truck stops. And so I, and now it's almost at every pump or every station in Tucson. So I know how getting used to this and the infrastructure will get there. It's just not there right yet. And with my diesel, I know what the fuel economy, uh, basically what the fuel economy is going to do. And I just, I calculate it. And, but when I'm out on the road, I'm running to Phoenix or something with that big diesel. I know where the gas stations are. I know how much running time I've got. And I pay attention, but I do not let that diesel get down to empty. It ain't going to happen. I will, I, I will spend the last seven miles or 10 miles or 30 miles, whatever it shows that I've got left. I will divide that by two and say, I need to find a station. I know they say 30 miles. I say 15 because you don't want to run a diesel, especially the older ones, out of fuel. You do, you can, you can have all sorts of aggravation trying to get that thing fired off again. And the cars, hey, it only takes a couple of minutes to fill up a car with gasoline. Uh, that's the reason if right now, if somebody said, okay, Jerry, you've got to go buy something that's, um, has electric in it. Okay, fine. I'll go buy a hybrid. I'm going to go buy a hybrid. <laughs> it's self regenerating. I like that. And it's a little more security. You run out of electric, that's okay. It's trying to charge it back up anyway. It'll be back in eventually. So just I'll drive the hybrid on the little three-cylinder with the gasoline and still get around 30, 40 miles per gallon. And that's what I like. But I love the electric vehicles. Not because I love not paying for fuel or gas. I just like it, you know. Uh, is it environmental? Uh, the, everybody's saying, oh, it's the most environmental thing on the planet. Well, it may be for the car. What about the, the gasoline that you put in it, the electricity? Where's it come from? <coughs> how much, how many diesel trucks and tractors and stuff that are mining the equipment or the minerals to build the batteries? How much does that cost? Do we have a way to recycle the batteries when they go bad? I look deep into this stuff and I'm going, okay, I know that it's here. I know that the government is pushing it head over heels. I like the fact that, uh, you know, solar power, Arizona's got more sunlight than Florida. I, I like solar, uh, solar power. <coughs> I wish they'd make a solar car. Because <coughs> in Arizona, you could probably drive it 365. In southern Arizona, you could drive it 365 days a year just on solar power. That's how much sunlight we have. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right. We've covered road kits, emergency kits. I want to just hit that again because I know you're going. Road kits, <coughs> tires, emergency road kit for the car, emergency road kit for the occupancy, including food, Um 
if you if you'll do that and just do a walk around the car, raise the hood and look. Now this is assuming you're not going to take it into your favorite shop and have it have a, a professional opinion done on the the uh, potential of that vehicle getting you to grandma's house and back. Uh, there are just some things that you need to look at. Remember, you're going to be running sustained driving, which is not as hard on the car as running heavy traffic inside of town. And so you probably be all right, except the sustained driving builds up pressure in the tires and keeps it there. It don't have a chance to cool down and go back to the normal temperatures. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be sustained driving. So if you're going to have a tire problem, it'll probably be on the freeway. And if it's around town, it's not as near as compromised because the tire doesn't build up and hold that pressure and and carry 4,500 pounds down the road. So everything is a player. The weather, windshield wiper blades, I know you've got good windshield wiper blades on there because we've been talking about that ever since I've been on the radio, which has been about 35 years. And talking about... Windshield wiper blades. It may be perfect here in Tucson weather-wise, and all of a sudden you decide, go to Mount Lemmon. Here in Tucson, go to Mount Lemmon. They got snow up there. They got ice on the road. And that means that uh, do you get up with a four-wheel drive? Yeah, they'll let you up there right now with a four-wheel drive. They'll let you up there now with a car because the roads are starting melting off. They recommend that if you drive early in the morning going up to the ski lodge or something like that, you pay attention to the ice. The melted snow from yesterday had run across the road, and it could be icy right there between those big mountains and trees and stuff. So you have to be careful. If it snows or decides to t- give you a little snow while you're up there and you have crappy windshield wiper blades, that makes it miserable. Uh, so these everything, and I've told you this morning, is absolutely a player with keeping you safe on the road. You want to be have a dependable vehicle, and you want to have a safe vehicle. You do that, you'll be in good shape. And if you do break down and you're located in Midtown, uh, maybe Parker Automotive can bail you out. They're located at 5101 East Speedway. Phone number is 520-323-1960. They're open Monday through Friday. They have a a number one rated, just a good shop. They're they're a good shop. They're qualified technicians. They have all electronic equipment. They have the fancy front-end alignment machine like Automotive Specialist has, like Simmons 4x4 has. Uh, And there's not a whole bunch I, I don't think, well, they don't do paint and body. They know somebody that does it, but they don't do paint and body. Take that over spectrum, get that handled. But the rest of the automotive breakdown, the lights on the dash, you know, the mal-indicator lights that let you know something's going on. And on, don't panic on these lights either. If that light comes on, just flickers on and goes off, that means that it, something temporarily went out of, specifications that this thing is used to seeing. Your computer in your car runs random checks all time while you're driving it. 
And so you may be driving just fine. All of a sudden, a light will come on. It'll last about maybe two seconds, then it'll go out. That tells you that they spotted a sensor that is one out of parameter for two seconds. And then, but it keeps doing this all the time while you're driving a car. If you have a light that comes on and stays on, that means that you have had a sensor or something that has failed and it needs to some for professionals to take a look at it and see what it is. Uh, if you have a blinking red light that comes on in your dash and it's sitting there just blinking at you, that means find a shop and get that vehicle in before it takes the power away from your vehicle and goes into what's called a limp in mode. In other words, it's going to give you just enough power to get you to a shop, but it stands a chance of doing a lot of expense repair damage to it if you don't get it in and do it. Do not ignore the blinking red light. That's the only thing you have to pay real, real, real attention to. The red light, it just tells you something has failed and it's really not going to do a lot of damage to your vehicle unless you decide to run it for the rest of its life with that light on, and then you're going to have some problems. But just remember, that's what it's on there for, is to let you know what's going on with the vehicle. It's a, it's a little, it's, it's what we used to call the old idiot light, the one that had on the old Chevrolet that I had. And the oil light would come on after you run out of oil and the engine locked up. And th- th- we got, that's the reason we called it an idiot light. Hey, idiot, you just blew up your motor. And um, if you'll follow those, and remember, don't panic on the, on the lights. The only time you have to really get serious about it, and I mean over and above, like now, is the blinking red light on the dash. And then you find a place to pull it in and have it checked and find out what's going on before you do some uh, catastrophic damage to the powertrain, which keep you from rolling. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Jim? I think you got it all pretty well locked in there. Um as far as uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh man, it's hell to get old, Jerry. It must be the cold. Well, it, it, <laughs> well, I'll, you know I'll, I can come there. back to you. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I get? Can you take the question in the front of the audience right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> how about? How about MerlesAuto.com? Merle's, Merles Auto Parts. Do that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, ten stores local. Plus, they got stores in Sierra Vista. They got stores in Marinci, Globe, Casa Grande, Green Valley. They make daily runs to the big Tucson warehouse on South Dodge Boulevard. They're the real deal. They've got qualified, experienced counter people. And if you can go in there and almost identify what you're looking for, they can probably help you find it. They they dig. They want to help you, keep you on the road. And they have foreign, domestic, and 18-wheelers. Go to MerlesAuto.com, and they will give you a list of the store next to you, and they'll list them all around the state's uh, locations in case you decide to travel out to either Casa Grande or Green Valley or something like that, you know, just move out of the area. You'll know where you're going when you get there. Sierra Vista is another one you might want to pay attention to where they're located. <laughs> I know I broke down in Sierra Vista 
but I knew that Merle's had one behind us here, uh, Sweets Hotel, and that's where I went in and got my parts. So they can really, really help you out. Um, but I use them. Parker uses them. Automotive specialists right. use them. And we use don't use people who don't provide good service and a quality part. Can you get a brand new part and it fail? Yep. You sure can. Since COVID-19, people, we're finding out that a whole lot of the big manufacturers for OE parts have went to outside, to the little guy. And the little guy is trying to get up to speed to what the parameters are that the manufacturers require. But they have a responsibility, the manufacturer do, to push these cars out. So here we go again. We're playing a percentage of breakdowns versus how soon we can get these cars to the market. And unfortunately, we are seeing failures in some of the new cars. The technical service bulletins are rolling out in mass now. And remember, a recall and a technical service bulletin. A technical service bulletin is not a safety issue. It comes, it may be a pain in the butt issue, but it's not a safety issue. Safety issue is a recall. That's when you take it back to the manufacturer, they'll fix it for free. They will fix it. But you've got to answer the call. If you hear either on the show or by letter notification from a manufacturer that your vehicle has a problem, get it back in. Call, schedule in if it's still running. Schedule in, but get it there as soon as possible, and they'll take care of that. If you have a technical service bulletin, most of the time you can get the VIN number, look it up on it, Google it, and it'll come up and tell you what the TSBs are on it, depending on who you are. Uh, but I think now it's available to the consumer also. But shops, we regularly pull. If we have something to come in that we're questioning and think maybe this should be under warranty, we will actually pull the TSBs on it and see what this thing is because if it has a a cluster tsbs normally means okay this is a problem that we're noticing it's coming in it's been reported numerous times therefore we'll put a technical service bulletin out on it so that when you get ready to fix yours a part's probably not going to be available because we're out of parts for that particular thing so it's just good information to have it's good information to get and it'll let you know how long your car is going to be down before they can actually get the parts to fix it. New parts do fail. Old parts fail. The difference between old part and new part is normally you get the old part. It's got at least a history behind it. Oh, yeah, it'll last six months or a year or three years. And then you've got some way to go back to it. I can't say enough about batteries. Batteries are 24 to 30 months. If you're running 30 months on a battery and it's still going, you may want to sneak into your favorite shop and say, could you test my battery and see how it's actually doing and make sure that you have the cold cranking amps up there that will continue to service this thing. And they say, yeah, you're good. Probably another, I don't know, six months, 30 days. We don't know for sure. But right now, this is what your battery shows. And you should be okay to go for another 30 days or so before you have to replace them. Batteries are no longer cheap. They're no longer inexpensive. And a battery is a battery is a battery is bull crap. A battery is a battery is a battery. They have different cold cranking amps. 
They have different warranties on them. When you buy a five-year battery, you're wasting your money. It probably won't last five years. Go buy your three-year battery and get a little, I think it's a $20 edition or something like that, and they'll guarantee replacement on it up to five years. So you add that to your less expensive battery of 24 months, and you should be pretty safe, and it'll your billfold will thank you. That's like having a warranty on your battery that actually works. I hate batteries, battery warranty that have, okay, well, what we're going to do to this, Mr. Simmons, is we're going to calculate how much battery you didn't use, and then we're going to give you that $3 back on a $180 battery. All that does is just make me mad. I'm thinking, that is sad. So, you know, make sure that everything that you do is due diligence. Do a little preference. Make your check sheet. And that's the, don't forget the $360 discount at Lens Auto Brokers for anything you buy between now and the 31st. And it's for real. Good set of cars. Go to the website, lensautobrokerage.com or desertrv.com. He's got both places, and you can find what you're looking for. All right, we're about out of time, Jim. I don't Just know how much time, time we got. But... Oh, I think we got a yeah, couple look, minutes. Looks left. like we are. Well, we've got a couple of minutes. Okay. Just a couple of minutes. Well, can, yeah. you, can you think of anything that you want to pass on to the motoring public? We've done talked about get your insurance, get your little check sheet on your insurance from the insurance company, find out what you're doing there, make sure that your insurance have coverage on it. Uh, if you're adding a uh, security system to it, make sure that they take the other one off. When they're putting it on there, find a, a, find a, a comparable place that can do the security systems without uh, creating a problem. When you have a security, and I've seen this over the years, you have an added security system on your vehicle, eventually that will fail, but it's been on there so long, you don't even think to even check it until you put all the fancy equipment on there and start pulling everything down and finding out where the amperage is going and the voltage is going, and then you find that intermittent problem. But I, I didn't, I haven't heard about it for the last couple of years until this one popped up and I thought, oh crap, I haven't told anybody about that. So now you've been told. Winter's here, prepare, be careful. Uh, Jim, thanks for coming on, buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.